Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome to a uh, double feature of Swings and Mishes this week as we, we teased you with the JT Romuto interview with Craig yesterday. Gave you a little taste, and now we get right into the crux of the Marlins roster headed into spring training today as I'm Jeremy Taché, your producer, and Craig, as always, is with me. And Craig, you getting excited as pitchers and catchers report tomorrow? Yeah, I always love spring training. This has been my, my go-to event for decades probably of spending just way too much time in spring training. You know, the fun thing about it is, you know, we, in South Florida, we used to have a number of different places where you could go to spring training. We used to have the Orioles playing in Miami and then they played in Fort Lauderdale for many years. The Yankees played there before then the, uh, the Montreal Expos and the Atlanta Braves used to play in West Palm Beach when I was a kid, so that was cool to go to also. And then the Texas Rangers for a few years played at Pompano Park, believe it or not, um, mm. like the ages ago. So now that we have four teams playing really in southern Florida, at least you could call it, with the Astros and Nationals in Palm Beach and the Marlins and Cardinals in Jupiter, there's basically a game every day up there. So for me, that's changed over the last couple of years. It's not as painful for me to make the drive. I always know that there's going to be a baseball game of some kind. So uh, it's enjoyable for me, certainly. And you know, I'll be covering the Marlins quite a bit, of course. But for my duties over at SiriusXM also, I will cover all of the teams that come to uh, South Florida to play, which, which includes anybody that you can possibly imagine on the schedule. So, yeah, I am looking forward to all of spring training, not just the Marlins. Yeah, it's exciting because, you know, especially up at Roger Dean, you got the Cardinals as well. But we will focus specifically on the Marlins for this podcast as that is the team that we cover here at Swings and Mishes. And I guess where we can start is with specifically the pitchers and catchers who do report tomorrow. And there are obviously some interesting battles as we look at what the rotation could shape out to look like. Obviously now Jorge Alfaro is more likely than not going to be your everyday catcher now that JT Romuto's gone. But talk to me a little bit about what's going to happen on the pitching side and what you're looking for tomorrow, you know, as the pitchers and catchers show up for their first workout. Yeah, the strength of the team may actually be the pitchers and catchers as it pertains at this point. Even without JT, Alfaro is a higher-end catcher than most teams in Major League Baseball. So they do have a good catcher there. I would expect him to catch 110, 120 games for this team this season. And then, of course, they still have Brian Holiday, who's in the minors and you know signed a minor league deal, but I expect him to be in the Major Leagues. And then, of course, Chad Wallach will be the third uh, catcher there. And then from a pitching perspective, while they may not have a prototypical ace or even a number two starter as of right now. They definitely have a lot of viable arms that can throw innings. I would expect that the spring is not nearly as important for Jose Urania or Dan Straley as it will be for the rest of the store, or even Wei and Chen, depending on how things shake out with him, as, as opposed to the rest of the starters. And, and really there is a competition for the last three spots among Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, and, and Trevor Richards, because I'm not sure where Caleb Smith is going to be at. So, provided that Caleb Smith is healthy, he's in the rotation. I just don't see any reason why they would rush him. Mm. So, my guess is at some point we'll see him start to pitch games in mid-March, and then we'll kind of take it from there. But I do think that that is the strong part of this team. There does have to be some concerns with the offense, for sure, based on what they're going into with camp here. 
But as far as from a pitching perspective, I think that the top five guys will end up making rotation. And then the big question is what they do with Wei-Yin Chen because he was so good at home and so poor on the road. Hmm. It would seem to be some regression is in order there. Maybe he won't be as bad on the road and probably not as good at home, but his salary does, uh, you know, it's, it's a big figure there, Jeremy. So I, right. I don't know what exactly they're going to do with him, and he certainly doesn't play into the future of the Marlins, and they're not going to ever be able to trade him too. So I'm kind of curious as to – what they end up doing with him. But uh, Sandy Alcantara, very big, important time for him in the spring to control, uh, you know, him, himself and to control kind of his emotions and make sure that he throws strikes. I thought he was good enough last year to make the rotation, but he did not. Uh, Pablo coming off a slight injury. We'll hear from him coming up here on swings and misses. I think that he has a chance to really be a special player. He's definitely a special person. And then Trevor Richards will kind of find out what he is. We went into last spring not thinking that he, we would even see him in the big leagues, and he had a phenomenal first half in the minor leagues, and then he ended up made, making it. We'll also see Nick Neidert pitch, and he could be, I guess, the eighth guy, I, I suppose, in this rotation. I, I don't see any chance of Neidert breaking camp with the team, but he would be, to me, potentially the first guy up to make a start. As far as the bullpen goes, uh, I'm a little surprised that they're going into camp without a veteran here. I'm not sure what direction they're going to go. I would assume that the back end of the bullpen will be Conley, Guerrero, and Steckenrider. And certainly there is some talent there. But to me, that's a shaky uh, proposition going into the season. I'm very surprised at this point that they haven't gotten some sort of veteran like they had with Brad Ziegler last year, just someone that has done it before, someone that has closed before, someone that has pitched in high leverage before, because none of those three players that I just mentioned have pitched the ninth inning with the exception of maybe a couple of weeks right. last year. And there's nothing wrong with that, but man, like you, you have to have somebody to settle you down there. And there's a ton of bullpen spots, I would think, that would be open for the Marlins too. So uh, Hector Noessi is somebody that they acquired in the offseason. I know that they, uh, they really liked what they saw with him. Uh, that was, from what I understand, Trey Hillman, who played uh, overseas, had a chance to see Noessi personally. And some of the information that the Marlins were able to obtain on Noessi came from Hillman. So that's a name to circle as a p possibility of someone to be in that bullpen. They could also use uh, you know, one of the starters there if they choose. I don't know if that's necessarily the way that they could go. Right. Uh, Eliezer Hernandez probably should start in the minor leagues, but uh, starting pitching, Jeremy, is not a concern. Catching is not a concern. Uh, bullpen is the major concern for me. Right, of course. Ahead. I mean, obviously, the, the bullpen is, like you said, the concern. It'll be interesting to see the way it shapes out. But I do think that the back end of the starting rotation is the biggest thing for fans to keep an eye on just because Alcantara and Lopez really seem to figure into the future of this club. And so you hope that they perform well enough at the spring training level to make the back end of the rotation right off the top from this year as both of them, you know, kind of had issues with injuries, especially at the end of the year, although Alcantara's was sort of a, a, a weird random, you know, random injury. Um, moving on from pitchers and catchers, obviously there are some positional battles all over the field. The Marlins have acquired a couple of veterans in Neil Walker and Curtis Granderson. You know, will they make the roster? You know, will they be starters right off the bat? There's Peter O'Brien over at first base who we saw a glimpse of in September. You know, when you look around and, and you project sort of the starting lineup, what positional battles are you looking for headed into the spring? Yeah, this is, this is more complicated than the pitching for sure. Okay, so Alfaro is the catcher, 
and assuming Starling Castro is is coming back here, we're waiting on him, I suppose. Right. Uh, Castro is the everyday second baseman, and J.D. Riddle will play shortstop every day. And I think that Brian Anderson, according to what Don Mattingly and Mike Hill are saying, that he'll play third base, but I'm not completely sold on that idea yet. It does seem to make sense for now because they don't have anyone in the minors even in 2020, I don't think that could just come up and play that position. It was a little bit of a curious decision for me. I think that he showed a lot more ability in right field than he showed at third base, but now having a full camp again at third base, maybe that uh, you know helps his cause there. But I, I, I'm wondering if about this particular move, if this is going to be the one that I'll, I'll be going back and saying, I wish I would have spoke on it more. But either way, Anderson plays third, Riddle plays short, Castro plays second. So at first base, this this is uh, you know a little bit of a disappointment for me. I, I thought that this would be a position either at first or third where they would go out and they would get a big bat uh, on the cheap, someone who has the potential at least to hit 30 home runs. And I know that Peter O'Brien showed a lot at the end of last year. I know he showed a lot in the minors, and he's a very nice kid. But he has been around the block for a long time in a number of different organizations and has yet to prove it at the big league level. Certainly, he'll get another opportunity. My guess is, Jeremy, he'll hit a million home runs in the spring because everyone's throwing fastballs. Right. But that really doesn't mean anything. And I hope that there is some sort of backup plan. Pedro Alvarez is there, too. I don't know how he kind of fills into this role, but they really did not go out and address a major form of a power source. And they're really rolling the dice with a couple of guys, which is a little bit surprising. Mm. So uh, Neil Walker can play some first and he'll be a solid guy to play all around the diamond. And that I thought was a really good signing. He could play the outfield. He can play first base, but Neil Walker is not hitting 25 home runs this season. I don't right. know that Neil Walker's hitting 20 home runs this season. And they just don't have a lot of guys that can do that. So Walker, I think will factor in as not only a backup plan for first base, but Martin Prado can also play there as well. Uh, if healthy, he could be the backup to third and play first base. We may end up seeing a Walker-Prado platoon. I mean, that, that may end up being the way this plays out, depending on O'Brien, who is a very big question mark going into the season. Right. The outfield is another big question mark. They signed Curtis Granderson. I believe Granderson's going to end up making the team and playing every single day, and that'll be a nice veteran source of, of leadership. I don't know how much left he has. Granderson is arguably, to me, one of the nicest players that I've ever met in the history of the game. But he did sign a, a non-roster invitee contract with the Marlins. Like, right. So that just kind of tells you a little bit at this point that his services, other than one other team that I heard, are not really being sought after as much. But my guess is he will play and play a lot, especially against right-handed pitching, because lefties is not going to be his thing. He could platoon with Austin Dean, potentially, in left field, who I think Dean will get another shot. And uh, Garrett Cooper is another interesting name. I would not close the door on Garrett Cooper because he comes over directly from that system in the Yankees, and this was a Gary Denbo acquisition. Make no mistake about it. So right. I know they had high hopes for him, and his season was derailed last year. But of all the names that I just mentioned, Garrett Cooper is another one to circle. Because if he has any kind of spring, I think he makes the team and he finds a way into maybe right field or even first base somewhere. I think Eric Cooper is going to end up making the team and playing. I just, I just get that feeling that they really want to see what he has. And then the biggest question of all will be center field. 
right. and, and what Lewis Brinson will end up being because the comments that are being made by, uh, by not only Marlon CEO, Derek Jeter, but everybody else, even Don Manley, is that this is the year to see the guys take that next step. And it's like, they're not saying Lewis Brinson's name, but it is. I mean, this is I mean, it's it's Lewis Brinson. Brinson. Yeah, it is. So the pressure is certainly on him. We'll have to see how it plays out. They really don't have a backup plan right now for center field if it doesn't work. They do have one in June. Monte Harrison will come up, I believe, in June, and he'll play a lot. We'll see him in the second half of the season, and we'll see Isan Diaz in the second half of the season. But there is no reason to have Monte on the big league roster opening day, it's especially if you think that he is one of your next superstars. you got to hold that kid back for service time. I know that they'll never admit that, but they have to do it. So right. uh, the, the, the big focus, no question, Jeremy, will be on Brinson. And, um, you know, I've kind of made my opinion known here. I, I, certainly I'm not rooting for anybody to fail, for sure. But to say that I'm going into spring training with a load of optimism on Brinson would just not be true based on what I've seen the last couple of years. But hopefully for him, this is a, the start of something new, something fresh. And certainly I wouldn't rule out any Major League Baseball player from succeeding, and I won't rule out him either. Yeah, I think the most interesting uh, angle to all of this, obviously, is the step that Brinson takes. But what you just mentioned with Garrett Cooper is interesting because I think a lot of people have sort of penciled in, at least I had, penciled in Dean and Granderson in the corners. And so if Cooper does show out, it will be interesting to see if maybe he even you know, makes it as a starter in right field. Um, I wouldn't be surprised the- at all to see, to see Cooper in the opening day lineup playing right field every single day. Last year, when I would ask players in spring training, hey, give me, give me the guy that no one's talking about that you think could end up being something. And everyone would say to a man, this Cooper, when the ball hits his bat, it goes a long way. And he was derailed by injuries. Right. It's impossible for me to predict that he's going to make the opening roster and he's going to hit 30 home runs. But that is the guy that no one's talking about that I think ends up making it. I don't know if he'll succeed or not, but I I do think that because he comes from the Yankee system and he was one that was cultivated by Gary Denbo, I do believe that that Cooper is the one to keep an eye on this spring. If he has a good spring, he plays right field. He plays every day. Going into this interview with Pablo Lopez. Are there any final thoughts before we get to that? Just on what fans can expect at spring training. We're actually going to do the raffle from our hashtag swings and misses giveaway from a couple of weeks ago. We're about to post that on our Twitter as this episode posts. Or is is there anything that, you know, you want to talk to fans about just before spring training gets started, whether that be about the roster or just spring training in general? Well, I'm, I, I really enjoy spring training, so I hope people get a chance to, to go out there, especially once the games begin and, and you get into that second week, third week of spring training, it starts to get more exciting. I mean, for me, um, I, in the past, I've, I've, I've been there almost every day for, for 30 days. But for the Marlins in general, this is just another developmental type year. After they've, now that they've traded JT, I don't know what kind of expectations are on this team on the field for this year. I know that, that – the atmosphere and everything else that they're trying to change for the regular season is going to be absolutely crucial to the success of the franchise. And I get that completely. But now that uh, JT is gone and their whatever you want to say about the, their expected win totals from Vegas or from baseball perspectives or anywhere else, you just have to be realistic at this point and understand that this is a team that's going to have a lot of uh, more, more growing pains, I think, along the way. So uh, patience is going to be, I know, tough to come by for Marlins fans. 
But at the very least, I know that when you go into spring training and if you have a chance to go there, you could at least learn more about some of the other kids that you're going to see in the future. And that's what really spring training is all about. The backfields of Roger D. Chevrolet Stadium is really, I think, the place to be more than even the Major League Stadium. So yeah. uh, th those things along with, as I mentioned, with, with Cooper is an interesting name for me. And then obviously the one that everybody wants to see because we're all going to get a chance to see him for the first time is Victor, Victor Mason. I don't think there's right. any doubt about that. He's going to be in big league camp. I don't think he'll start the season with the big league team, but that he is the one player for me going into uh, Jupiter that I want to see because I've, I have not seen this kid at all other than highlights and video. And I want to see him face some big league pitching. I want to see why he was so highly thought of. I want to see why the Marlins gave him that money. I mean, that's, that's an important thing for me because we just, and we just haven't seen that much of this kid. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot and heard a lot of all the others and I've seen nothing of him. So if there's one player that I think that intrigues me the most going into camp this year, it definitely is him. And so I'll certainly report back once I do see that. Yeah. And I'm definitely interested to see if uh, Monte Harrison puts on the show that we all sort of think he can with some of that power. He'll be entertaining. Like you said, Garrett Cooper with his power, Peter O'Brien, like you said, is going to be hitting home. He'll have 11, 12 home runs. Yeah, the, the spring Aaron's training power display. <laughs> Could fastball boom, game. fastball boom. Yeah. Everyone's gonna say, "Oh my gosh, this guy is great." Yeah. I mean, spring training stats are the most meaningless stats that you could right. ever imagine. Uh, I mean, spring training oh, and September, and September, yeah, yep. and, and even April to somewhere. <laughs> but really, I have seen so many Marlin seasons of players having unbelievable springs, and we talk them up, and then it has not amounted to anything. So right. Let's not get too far carried away with it, but I am looking forward to being there, hopefully either this weekend or next week, but because I do a show every day mm -hmm. from 9 to 11, my sweet spot for spring training is the games because right. the games start at 1, I do my show, I can go over there and get you know, some stuff pre-game, some stuff post-game, watch the games. So I love the practices, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of prohibitive for me doing a show every day from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., so that's kind of the way I'm at. Yep. And we'll be uh, locked and loaded in terms of spring training coverage throughout the Five Reasons Sports Network. I believe we have nine different members uh, that are now credentialed, uh, including myself, including you. So it'll be it'll be uh, a plethora of coverage for fans. All right. But we'll head into this Pablo Lopez interview. Um, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for uh, the unveiling on our Twitter of who won the tickets for spring training. And we will continue to do giveaways there. Uh, and thanks for listening, Marlins fans. Before we get to Pablo Lopez, starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins, I want to remind you that you can go to BetDSI.com right now, and they will match your first deposit up to $2,500 when you use the promo code SWINGS101. There are so many people that are excited about this new American Alliance of Football. And BetDSI, you can bet on all the games right now. It's there. So football doesn't stop. In February, it continues in February right now, not to mention all of the college basketball games. The NCAA tournament is coming up a little bit over a month from now. BetDSI.com is your place to be. Fast payouts, proud sponsor of all of the Five Reasons podcasts, including Swings and Missions. Again, it's BetDSI.com. Use promo code SWINGS101. How does it feel to be back? And I know that spring training is starting up here in a couple of days, and I know that uh, this is a different spring training for you this year certainly than it was last year and a lot of different expectations come with that yeah absolutely um, definitely very exciting excited to spring training just around the corner very exciting like at this point like january february you get so anxious to get going 
Um, but yeah, like seeing the guys today was great. Like we like we get along so well, great vibes, great chemistry, and it's gonna be a fun spring training. Just a lot of learning, a lot of like hustling, a lot of competing. Like we know we have something. Like we have something to like show, go out on the field, and leave everything behind it. Your braces are off. <laughs> it took me like 20 seconds here to notice that. When when did they come off? When when did because I know that you wore them all last year. I, did, um, I had my braces all last year up until November. I started going to the dentist more frequently. I had more more time to do so, and it was like I'm re I was ready for the next step, and that was like the Invisalign aligners, and that's what I'm on right now. A lot better than the braces. You, you find yourself like, is it weird? Well, you let's see, we're almost two months since then, so you probably got used to it a little bit. But I remember when I was much younger, <laughs> much younger at it, and I had braces. I remember the taste of it was always, like, really weird, like, yeah, I remember not feeling. Especially, like, you know, like, after you would eat with braces, you would be, like, hesitant because there's, like, pieces, uh, little pieces right. of food in it. So, like, you would be, like, all sneaky. But now, like, I don't have that problem, and it's really nice. And, yeah, like you say, I'm, I'm already getting used to it, to the invisible aligners, and... I like those a lot better. I think that for people that don't know you, maybe as well as I do as some other people, is that is like an important part of your game because you are like the happiest, nicest player maybe that I've encountered in being here covering the Marlins for, I don't know, 20, 25 years. And I say it all the time, uh, but I don't think that people really understand like what makes you tick to be so happy and so smiling all the time. Uh, I made a joke just before saying that what would ever happen if Pablo was like in a situation where he had to hit somebody or like a retaliate like could he even do it like I don't even know it's like I, I always feel that way about you so how is it that you always have such a great disposition you know man um when I had my tummy joint surgery um I got baseball taken away from me for 20 for for like 20 months and that was like no fun at all man so like ever since I was able to get back to pitching to play like every day is the best day of my life mm -hmm. like I play a game for a living I try to live it up as much as I can and the best way to do that is with a smile on your face. Now, the difference for you this year, last year, is you've already spent time in the big leagues. And for people that don't know, you got shut down at the end of last season. So what was that really about? Like, what, what happened at the end of last year where you were put on now, I guess it's the injured list, but at the time the disabled list, uh, then you didn't pitch, and now I know that you're 100%. So what kind of happened there that you didn't finish out the season? Yeah, um, so I was just, like, getting ready to throw a bullpen. I was, like, playing long toss, long catch, and I just, like, feel something off on my shoulder, on the back part of my shoulder. Uh, luckily, I, I decided to, like, shut it down immediately instead of, like, you know, like, oh, let me try one or two more throws. Like, I think, like, thanks to that, I was able to maybe avoid something bigger. Uh, but then, like, the, the off-season was right there, so I was able to, like, get my rehab in, get some treatment, start, like, playing catch nice and easy, and I was able to build up and feel uh, a lot better now. Okay. Now, going into the year, it'll also be different because you joined the Marlins at a time where other pitchers were injured and different things were happening, and I'm assuming you'll still get another opportunity this year. It does seem like, though, there will be a competition, at least uh, from a starting pitching perspective. So let's talk about how you're going to embrace that because, uh, in general, in baseball, unless you're in Tampa where they you know, use the openers and stuff, the Marlins seem to be using five starters. So how do you become one of them? Yeah, um, like... Um, nowadays you have to get to spring training ready to compete instead of like using spring training to get ready like you have to get to spring training ready to like compete for a job compete for a rotation spot whatever it may be and then you have to have like a positive attitude positive mindset and just like uh, try to learn soaking as much as you can learn from each other help one another 
and then just like play with everything you've got every single day. Was it weird in the off season? I don't know how much you paid attention to it. This was my life for four months following what was going on with JT. Where is he going to be? What's going to happen? Is he going to be back? Is he not going to be back? What team is he going to be on? This was like consumed, not just me, but everybody else as to what was going to happen. Did you follow it at all? Was it interesting for you? Well, I'm a social media, so of course I would like see everyone. And I would see it here and there every once in a while. And yeah, I was able to like... And like when the trade happened, the trade happened, I was able like it popped right up in my social apps, and I was able to see it. Uh, very happy for JT, great guy, great human being, helps and cares for his teammates. So Philadelphia really got a great guy, but uh, good player, better person. He's gonna be there. He's gonna help a lot of people, just like he helped not just me but all the young pitchers we have here in Miami. So my last thing for you is about your new catcher, Jorge Alfaro, who, uh, I don't know, did you face him at all uh, last year? I did face him once or twice okay. when I pitched against the Phillies once. Okay, so I don't know if you have a scouting report on him yet, but I would assume that he's going to catch a number of games at the big league level this year for the Marlins. So what are your thoughts on him now being your battery mate potentially? Yeah, um, Alfaro, ever since he was in the minors, like you would hear his name all over. Um, great catcher and like his power good defense has a cannon for an arm so that's gonna be like really good like it's gonna be like a good combination good battery like I'm pretty sure we're gonna get along perfectly and just gonna talk a lot pick his brain just like see what his thoughts are in some like sequencing how to uh, how to call a game I'll try to get as many as much information as I have because like he spent a whole year up in there in Philly and they were competing for a while so I'm sure he's He's got a great knowledge. Well, good luck to you. Good luck with the best of the the, uh, the season. And, you know, keep having that great disposition <laughs> without the braces. You look great. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much, Craig. Appreciate it.